This is the Soul Power Podcast with your hosts, Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burt. Welcome to the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Thanks for joining us. Yay. I have to say it. I say it every time. Yay. I'm excited. What can I say? You should be excited. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to do this. It is and we this. get to bring information to fellow solopreneurs. Yes. So they know they're not alone. Yes. And yes. everybody needs to know that they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Normalizing things for people. It helps. It helps a lot when you realize you're not in the boat by yourself. Absolutely. Today on the Soul Power Podcast, we are talking about da, 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 imposter syndrome. Yes, we're all affected by it in some way. If you are not familiar with the actual phrase imposter syndrome, we'll tell you a little bit about it today. Uh, it's something that comes up quite frequently with clients, with colleagues. We all, I think, have experienced it or will experience it at some point in our lives. And um, it's no fun. <laughs> it's not. But that's why we need to talk about it, because yeah. things that are no fun and are not shared, they grow. Yeah. Things that are no fun and are shared <laughs> tend to diminish. Yes. Yes, they do. They do. Cheryl is our resident researcher and note maker. If I did not have Cheryl on this podcast with me, I would be. Doctors Lisa and Richard Orby Austin define imposter syndrome in their book, Own Your Greatness. And we will put a link to that book in our show notes. And their definition is the experience of constantly feeling like a fraud, downplaying mm. one's accomplishments, and always being concerned about being exposed as incompetent or incapable. <laughs> as a result, people with imposter syndrome engage in either overworking or self-sabotage. My guess is there was something in that definition that rang true with you. So we're going to go a little further on that. <laughs> Just what a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Got a whole episode. We're probably going to go a lot further on that. Um, basically, what it comes down to is people who experience imposter syndrome get themselves stuck in a cycle. So no matter how much they work or no matter how much they accomplish, they do not internalize mm -hmm. their success. That seems to be the big part. Basically, success happens by chance. It was luck. I got lucky. Yeah. This was a natural this or that blah, blah, blah. Failure is actually their fault and proof that they are an imposter. <laughs> Fun, right? So you don't own your success, but you totally own your failure. Yes. That's yes. fun. We can go into negativity bias and all kinds of stuff in that, but we're not going to go down rabbit holes. We're going to stay on imposter syndrome during this episode. Self-sabotage tends to look like procrastination which is a way of dealing with anxiety due to perfectionism. We'll get into perfectionism and other things here in a bit, but really it's just a lovely tangled web that we're weaving for ourselves, <laughs> those yes. of us who experience imposter syndrome. Oh. So that's not super fun, <laughs> but again, what we bring out into the sunlight and examine tends to get smaller and not as scary. 
So that is why we are doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Angela, during our research, you found that there are actually five types of imposter syndrome. And I would love to hear what you found. I did. I didn't even know that there were five different types, but when they were spelled out, it makes complete, it makes complete sense to me. So, and I have been one of these people at various times in my life. I've been probably all of these people. So as defined by Dr. Valerie Young, who is the co-founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute, I can't even believe there is an Imposter Syndrome Institute. It is widespread. You know, good good for Dr. Valerie Young for yeah. realizing that it needs to be studied and handled because otherwise, where, where would we get information right now? Who knows? I hope all the people at the Imposter Syndrome Institute have internalized um, their successes and realize how awesome they are. What irony would that be if the people at the Imposter Syndrome Institute had imposter syndrome? It would be ironic. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. I'm sure they don't. I'm sure they don't. So the first type of imposter is the expert. (laughs) You feel like you need to have all the answers and you feel the pressure to live up to a very high standard. And if you don't, you feel like a fraud. I'm sure quite a few of you are thinking of someone in particular who you know or who have worked with who felt like they had to know everything. And they had such a high standard, not only for you, but for themselves, that it was really hard to live up to it. And if they don't, they feel like a complete fraud. Do you know anyone like that? I do. Have you ever clients like that? I do. Um, what what I find is there are a, there's a certain subsection of people that will not say I don't know, <laughs> and I personally love somebody saying I don't know because to me I don't know is an honest answer. Yeah, I would love to hear someone say I don't know. I will go look it up. I will go find out and come back to you. What I don't want is somebody to avoid saying, I don't know, and make something up and hope for the best. Yeah. Somebody who is who has the type of imposter syndrome or who is experiencing the type of imposter syndrome known as the expert would probably end up in a vicious cycle with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> if they say, if they give an answer and then find out that they're not right or somebody else finds out that they're not right. If you feel like maybe you are an you're the expert type, I encourage you to embrace the words "I don't know," <laughs> because you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect. It's okay to say you don't know, and then go find out, because then you'll learn something, and other people will learn something, and you're super trustworthy that way. So that's it's my amazing take how on that it. works. And I happen to agree with you on that. So the second type of imposter syndrome is super person, super woman, superman, whatever you want to call it. Um, You push yourself to work harder and you overdo it because you need to measure up because you already feel like you're a fraud in your industry or among peers. So I know 
quite a few people like this. <laughs> I have family members who are this person. I have friends who are this person. And they tend to be workaholics. I don't know if that's, you know, in general, but the people I know are workaholics because they just constantly push themselves harder and harder and overdo everything because they already feel like, you know, I'm, I'm already an imposter. So I have got to prove myself on a daily basis. I can outwork this problem. Yeah. I can outwork this problem. Mm, you can't outwork every problem. Nope. You can't, but <laughs> you can change mindset. We'll get to yes. that. <laughs> yes, you can. You can. Uh, if you're worrying about these types of imposter syndrome and you're seeing yourself in every one of them, that's okay. It's all right. We're going to give you some tips and some things to help minimize that imposter syndrome. So hang in there with us. A third way that imposter syndrome manifests itself is in the perfectionist. Oh, they have very high standards and impossibly high. I mean, they hold themselves to crazy standards. If they make one mistake, it is a very big deal. And they feel like a fraud, a serious fraud. I have known quite a few of these people. Uh, my husband is formerly the perfectionist, so I can I can see it. Um, yeah, and it doesn't I, seem to make a difference the size of the mistake. No. A minor mistake is just as bad, maybe not just as bad, but is extremely bad. And then a large mistake is absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. And that's a very hard way to go through life. Yeah, it's a hard way to go. And through. as a solopreneur, that is a very hard way to make things and put it out into the world because you'll redo and you'll edit and you'll rethink and you'll figure and you'll spin yourself up into a tizzy mm -hmm. and not get things out there until they're absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. I'll say it here. I will say it a thousand times. Nobody is paying attention to as much as you think they are. <laughs> and the partner Nobody of that cares. is 90% of anything anybody does is all about them. So yes, the True people story. who are important will pay attention to you. And the people who are not probably won't as much. Mm -hmm. And you don't really care about their opinion anyway, do you? <laughs> we don't. Nah, just saying. Not so much. In general, in society we view that as weak asking, you know, for help. But I think we are realizing more and more, especially in the last few years with the pandemic that we have to ask for help because we can't do everything by ourselves. We can't possibly. And asking for help is actually a big sign of strength, a sign that you do know what you're doing and you want to make sure that you get it right and it's okay. It's all right. It's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, Here's the thing with asking for help. People in general want to be helpful. They like to be needed. Mm -hmm. They like to do for others. If you are always the one doing for them, it can feel like the relationship is out of whack. Mm -hmm. 
because you're not ever giving them the opportunity to reciprocate. And this, a lot of times people learn to accept help when they're sick or injured or they don't have a choice. But when you do accept help, or in, in the case of a solopreneur, you maybe you hire a VA or you uh, barter with a friend or something, you are then helping that person in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more reciprocal and it, it really does help you. Yeah. Uh, both in getting yeah. the work done, but emotionally it helps you. It strengthens your social bonds. You can look at any number of studies. The more social bonds you have, the healthier you'll be, the longer you'll live, all of, all of the things. So give people the gift of helping you. For me personally, I was very much a soloist for a long time and I wouldn't ask for help on anything. And then I realized that I was constantly helping other people, Mm -hmm. but nobody was ever allowed to pay me back. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever did anything in order to let people, to have people pay me back, (laughs) but nobody was ever able to feel about themselves for helping me the way that I felt about myself for helping them. So I let go of the reins a little bit there and the soloist can sometimes pair with the perfectionist. If I let somebody else help me, it might not be done right. Yeah. Uh, and I really need it to be done right. It's not going to be perfect. Let people help hire people. When you hire people, you are contributing to somebody else's household income. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good reasons to do these things. Try to try to let go of the reins just a little bit and see how you feel just a little bit at a time. I'm not saying right now, go through and figure out half of your work that you could offload and offload it to somebody two days from now. That's probably a bit ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just emotionally ambitious, Never mind logistics. So start small as with anything, start small, a little bit at a time. People in your house, let people in your house do things. People in your business who are asking, how can I help? Colleagues in your industry, outside of your industry. Ask people for their expertise. Um, bounce questions off of folks. If you're a solopreneur, you are a team of one. We've talked on this podcast before about building a team. Let people in. It really does help. It anyway, does. It does. That, that's my little soapbox. I will get off of that now. <laughs> and we will move on to number five. <laughs> number five is the natural genius. And they're also similar to the perfectionist. They really are, all are, you know, it, it is all about not being good enough and trying to be perfect. So the natural genius wants to know all of the facts and all of the information before they can move forward. And if they don't know everything, they get very frustrated with themselves and with others, but mostly with themselves. And they feel like a fraud. Basically, if everything doesn't come easily, you're not good enough. The problem with being the smartest guy in the room is you're the smartest guy in the room. There isn't anyone to learn from. There isn't anyone to... There isn't anyone to challenge you. Yeah. There isn't anyone to challenge you. That's right. Because you are the smartest person in the room. This wanting to know facts and information before moving forward is huge. And you'll never get all of the facts and information you need to move forward. You'll never have everything you need to be 100% fully ready to move forward. That'll never happen. So 
you have to pick a time when, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do this because I won't have all of the information I need at the time. There's also in, and I've seen it a lot more in corporate than I have in, in with solopreneurs, um, people who hoard information, <laughs> people who hoard information and facts because information is power. And when they own that information, then maybe they can't be fired because they're the only ones who know that information. But in reality, everyone really needs to know that information and hoarding the information does nothing, nothing to help anyone, yourself or the others. Because if something happened to you, your teammates have no idea what to do because you've hoarded all the information. Mm -hmm. And you can never go on vacation. Without everybody calling you on your phone or texting you, or it does not matter how far away you go. Again, travel coach, I'm going to tell you to go on vacation. I'm going to put in ways to make sure that you can <laughs> help people understand other, the information you need, you have, because then you will have control over your time. Other people will not have control over your time when they need the information that you alone hold. Mm-hmm. So those are the five types of imposter syndrome. And I've seen myself in at least two of them. If you've seen yourself in at least one of them, then you probably have imposter syndrome or have had it. And we can, you know, we can help you out with that. Now that we have talked a little bit about what imposter syndrome actually is and how it manifests itself in us. We want to talk a little bit about how to work around it and how to mitigate it and help ourselves a little bit, uh, alleviate maybe some anxiety in our lives. What a novel idea. What's a great idea? Cheryl? That's a, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Isn't it? Not only do we want to show you what imposter syndrome might look like, we want to help you manage it, work around it, lessen its effects in your life. So as we said earlier in this episode, imposter syndrome manifests in those five ways, and they're usually things that lead to procrastination or not getting your work out there as a solopreneur. So we're not going to just resign ourselves to not doing the things that we started our businesses <laughs> to do. We're not. That's not why we're here. So first thing you need to do is identify where it came from. This is the origin story. <laughs> you know how we love our origin stories. This is the origin story for your imposter syndrome. And as Angela mentioned, a lot of times it does come from your family of origin. It comes from messages you've received in other parts of your life. In fact, in the book that I mentioned, Own Your Greatness, they have you do a family genogram, I think is what but it's called it's basically family systems work, which is a whole other set of topics. Yeah. Um, but it, it helps you map out your family dynamics and understand a little bit more about that. So first you need to identify where it came from and that's going to take some time. <laughs> um, you can sit and think, you know, every time something comes up, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Any version of I'm not good enough. Maybe you write it down and you try to figure out where it came from. These are, they're your limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. They're messages that are not your own. They are the things in your head that are saying you cannot do this. And sometimes they have reasons, quote unquote, reasons to back them up. Mm -hmm. 
you didn't get into this business because you didn't believe in yourself, at least somewhat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So believe in yourself. You know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You'll just have to get over that. When you're doing something new and scary, it's natural to be a little cautious. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. So once you've identified those limiting beliefs and messages, you want to commit to reframing those thoughts and to stop listening to those thoughts. And it's going to take practice. It is a, it's a lot, (laughs) basically a muscle. You've got to work. Um, you're trying to create new responses in yourself. Um, and I do have on my website, we'll post a link, uh, a, a freebie for how to reframe your mindset. It's like two pages long. It's really easy to do. Um, and it's, it's a tool to just help with this work. You may, however, want to work with a coach or a therapist, depending on where your messaging is coming from and how deeply ingrained it is. Sometimes, I mean, it becomes, it comes down to the core of who you, who you Mm -hmm. are or who you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously our life experiences shape how we see the world, who we think we are. And some of that can be debilitating. (laughs) Yeah. Especially as a solopreneur, as we've mentioned before on this podcast, it's a huge growth journey and you're going to dig stuff out of yourself that you either didn't know was there or forgot about a long time Mm -hmm. ago. So if stuff really starts coming up, this is where we reach out for help. I don't have a sign because this is not a video. This is not a video podcast, but I'd have a sign saying this is your sign. Yeah. (laughs) This is is the sign that says, go get help. If it's coming out and it doesn't feel like you can, you can really manage it with journaling or talking to friends and family, please, please, please go get a coach or a therapist to help you through this. If you get a coach and it's more than a coach is allowed to do, your coach will tell you that. So make sure you get a coach who will tell you stuff like that. So the next part is once you've committed to reframing your thoughts and you've gotten help if you need it, a huge portion is believing that you can change. That's all tied together. It's all kind of woven together. Oh, oh, what a tangled web we weave was at the top. Well, it's at the bottom here too. In this part, (laughs) it can cause ripple effects and issues with imposter syndrome, but it can also help you get out of it. You just have to weave different webs. So we're going to believe that we can change And then we're going to act as if it is already true. Kind of fake it till you make it. You're going to be uncomfortable and that's okay because you're doing something new. And as we know, when we do something new, we are uncomfortable. It's part of the process. Just know that going in, it makes it a little easier. So there's a quote from Dr. Vasilia Beninstock. I hope I said her name right. She is a trauma therapist and it goes something like this. Actually, it goes exactly like this. (laughs) When you're not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. Just gonna it's let like that you cracked open my head and yeah. shined a light in there. <laughs> and I'm going to guess that at least part of that resonates with every single person who is interacting with this podcast right now. Yeah. Again, you're not alone. So over time, you'll get used to doing things, even if you're a little scared, especially 
if you find people who are like you, think like you, and you see them over and over again, if you built your community, remember we talked before on this podcast about building a community of people around you, even as a solopreneur, they don't have to be in your industry. They don't even have to be close to you geographically. We have all kinds of lovely bits of technology to connect ourselves now. <laughs> yes. So again, we need people. I know, especially for somebody who's experiencing imposter syndrome as a soloist, it sounds really scary. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask that you choose one person today and just shoot them a quick text. Spend no more than two minutes on it and send it or an email you can choose or, or a DM or however you contact them, mm -hmm. but two minutes and send it. And then try again and try again and talk to them and talk to other people and act as if you already know what you're doing. Because here's the secret. <laughs> you already know what you're doing. <laughs> Bingo. Kind of described Bing. as subtle like a freight train. And I understand <laughs> sometimes that's how I actually phrase things <laughs> on this podcast. And I'm really okay with being subtle like a freight train <laughs> because I'm not doing this just to hear myself talk. Right. I'm doing this because I believe in the messaging and I believe in what we're all doing. And we need you to do the work that you do in the world. And this is my way, one of the ways that I help. So please <laughs> believe in yourself and know, you, know that you know what you're doing. <laughs> Again, second soapbox, I'm building a tower. <laughs> I just want to take a minute to go back to limiting beliefs and messages. That might sound familiar to you uh, because we have talked about it before in the podcast. It is also known as head trash uh, garbage, garbage, the crap that floats around in your brain that doesn't serve you and doesn't need to be there. So whether it's, you know, your fourth grade teacher told you, you sucked at math and you still believe it to this day, or your dad was a perfectionist and you had to get all A's society told you something, you know, wherever it came from, it might have been put in place to help you or protect you at one point when you were a kid, but it doesn't serve you now as an adult. And so it's okay to let it go. And it's all right to question it and um, kick it to the curb. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. And it, it can be, it can feel a little hard to do that because you believe it is true, but it's not. It's if not. it's the nasty voice in your head, that's not your voice. You you didn't come up with that stuff. You didn't sign on to it. Someone else put it in your brain and you internalized it and made it your own over the years. So recognize that that's garbage. That's from someone else and you can get rid of it. You can actually throw it away now. You can. And and you initially took it on because you it came to you in a at a point in your life where you were learning how the world works. So you were learning all of the rules about how the world works. I mean, just like the sun's up in the daytime and then it's not at night and kids need to do, kids are allowed to do this kind of thing and adults are allowed to do this kind of thing. 
and this is what our family believes and this is what our family doesn't believe. So in and among that whole structure that you were given about how the world works, some of these messages were interwoven. Mm -hmm. And it may be from your parents or your teachers, and they too were doing the best that they could with the information they had at the time. You have better information now, so you can let it go. Yeah. I don't sing, but I have a friend who would burst into song right now and start singing you a song. (laughs) Is it your husband? It is not. Oh, well, actually, he would too, but it's not who I'm thinking about. <laughs> they battle for most likely to break into song. I won't lie. Well, you know, there's a quote from Maya Angelou about, you know, doing the best that I can't remember it verbatim, but basically doing the best that you know how to do. And when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's that's the whole thing with life and with your own business. You started out thinking you were going to do one thing and you did that thing and it worked or it didn't and you learned and you moved on and you changed and you morphed. And I can tell you both of the people on this podcast that you were listening to today started out in their businesses doing something either slightly or wildly different than they are right now. (laughs) And you know what? We're still here and Mm -hmm. we're still doing it and we're still happy and we're helping. Now we're talking to you. Hopefully we're helping (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At the very least, the help we're entertaining. (laughs) So to wrap this up here in this last section that we were just talking about how to how to manage this, what to do. Uh, Again, in the book, Own Your Greatness by doctors Lisa and Richard Orby Austin. By the way, we do not know these people. I just have their book and they make good (laughs) sense. They explain this whole process and what they do is they call it the, their process, the three C's, and they break it all down to the following clarify, which is clarify where the issue comes from. Where's the messaging coming from all of that. That's kind of what we were just talking about. So clarify, then we're going to choose, we're going to choose half healthier habits and healthier thoughts, more productive thoughts. Because we can choose what is in our head. We can choose not to listen to the nonsense that was put in there. And we can choose to put different thoughts in there. And the third C is to create. And you're going to create new ways of doing things, new ways of working with people, especially if you're a soloist, you're going to give a little bit to somebody. Even if it's not actual work, you're going to employ somebody as a sounding board and employ, I mean, bring them in. You do not necessarily have to pay them, but maybe talk to your spouse or your partner or your best friend or somebody that you know who runs their own business, even if they're in a different industry, you're going to find new, create new ways of working with people. And over time, you will notice that your, the effect of imposter syndrome on your life actually lessens. Part of it may be because you feel like you know more, so you're closer to being that expert. But maybe it's just practice. And honestly, I think that's what it is. There is an assessment that goes along with that book uh, that I filled out, actually, I don't know, four or five years ago now. And when I found the book, took it off my shelf and looked at it again, I found the assessment and I looked at my answers and I went, Oh, they're like, they're really a lot different. (laughs) Oh, wow. Really? It's, it's lessened substantially for me as a real human who has really (laughs) experienced this. A little bit of effort, 
a little bit, a little bit of belief in yourself and a little bit of letting other people in over time really will make a difference. So that is what I would like to leave you with on that note today. I would love to hear what Angela has to say. I, you know, I agree with all of this and I'm thrilled that we talked about it today um, because it is, you know, it is a big issue and it's a really big issue when you're a solopreneur and you're trying to do everything yourself. It's interesting because when I was thinking about imposter syndrome earlier this morning and trying to get everything ready um, and do a little bit of research, I thought about how imposter syndrome is really the other end of the spectrum from being a con man (laughs) because within posture syndrome you have all the knowledge but you don't have confidence and at the other end is a con man who doesn't have the knowledge but thinks he does and has all the confidence to just throw a bunch of bullshit out there basically so I thought that was an interesting contrast. Um, And for those of you who might not know, the con in con man is short for confidence. And they're called confidence men or women, whoever they are, because they have that confidence. They can sell you, you know, ice in the Arctic because they have that confidence and you believe everything that they say but they're really full of shit. (laughs) Unlike people with imposter syndrome who really do know it and lack the confidence. So somewhere in the middle, I think uh, is is a good place to be. Yes. Balance, balance the confidence and the, and the knowledge and the doing. I hope you found this episode helpful. We would love to hear from you as always with questions, comments, uh, your thoughts on this, your take on this, how you've worked with your own version of imposter syndrome. And you can email us anytime you like at soulpowerpodcast at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-E powerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We'd love to. Whether you're experiencing imposter syndrome or you're not, we'd love to hear what's going on in your world and how you deal with imposter syndrome. Um, you know, we're not the the experts on the issue at all. We're just just you know dispensing the information because it's something that we've experienced as well. So we hope you'll share with us your stories, and we look forward to hearing from you. We referenced an awful lot of information in this podcast, and we will put all the links in the show notes so that you can go and look that up and take from it what works for you. As always, take from this podcast what works for you, put it into practice, and leave the rest. We hope that we have been helpful and uh, maybe shined a little bit of light on what's going on so that you can understand it just a little bit better. This has been the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you have a great day.
You've been listening to the Soul Power Podcast with Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burke. Soul Power theme song composed by Gabriel Harley.